What's going on, everybody, and welcome into the 13th installment of the Dogs Football Podcast. Big news to break today. We'll get into that shortly. But Noah Lurch, I am joined by, again, this is Nick Malone. Uh, we are one week away exactly from the kickoff opener at SEMO. We are very close, as we've talked about so many times before, how much we want it to be here and it is finally almost here. Noah, one week away. What's going on? Yeah, we are back here in studio. We got some news. We were going to have a pod today regardless of this news, but it is definitely worth breaking here from the start. So let's just go right ahead and get into it. Go ahead and get into it. We will cover a lot of things in this. We mentioned on the previous pod we were going to talk about the Fan Fest. We'll have some thoughts on that and how that went down. But yes, the utmost of breaking news, it was actually earlier today. We have known that uh, Nick Baker yesterday won the quarterback one job, and he was the guy, as we kind of figured. You know, we, we had a feeling that if it was him or Stone that we were going to accept either which one. We know Nick loves Nick and uh, loves calling place for him. We had an idea. We know we're confident with either one of them, but Noah – we found out earlier today that Stone Lebanowitz announced he is leaving the program one week before the season. He made sure on a Twitter post, we were actually working and we stumbled upon it. I, we were just going through our feed and it crossed our path on our feed and it really caught us by surprise. It's a pretty long thing here. I'll give it a quick read. Quote, writing this post is not easy, nor was this decision. This past Sunday, I made a decision to end my time at SIU. I love this place. I love this community. I love my teammates. They are my brothers. It was an honor to play here, to give you everything I had and play fearlessly. The spring season was one heck of a ride. The dedication, commitment, and leadership I showed didn't translate in my favor. Many may not understand my decision, and I respect that. In this sport, as in life, tough decisions have to be made. What I am experiencing now, thousands of college athletes experience on a daily basis. When you are faced with such a tough decision, it is so real and distressing. This decision is what is best for me and my mental well-being. Everyone's beliefs do not always coincide. Compromising my values as a man was not an option. I leave SIU with a heavy heart, but with so much love in it for Saluki Nation. Thank you from the bottom of my heart and for some of the best times of my life. Noah, that's pretty... This is kind of this. This can go multiple ways. As we figured before, when we first saw before we like read it full to see everything that he said, we figured it was because he lost a job, and we're thinking that still has something to do with it. But we figured it's seasons a week away. Why on earth would he do that? Because we talked so many times how if it was mainly for that reason that we understand that we have had injuries in the past at quarterback, and he is more than likely going to see time this year, barring anything happening in a game with Nick Baker. He was going to see time. So this caught us off guard, but we, as we understand, reading into it more, it's got to be more than just that. Yeah, it's, it's tough to see because some of the wording he used, some of the, the main thing, the main part of that I take out that he said the de dedication commitment and leadership I showed did not translate in my favor so that just some of the, it feels like to me first time I read this it was more than just not getting maybe maybe it's the yeah this is the second time he hasn't got the job or other other people can keep getting more opportunities how many times did Correa get more opportunities over him it's just 
really caught me by the surprise today seeing that the preseason second-team quarterback of the Missouri Valley is leaving SIU. Yeah, it, it caught us both off guard. It called the, it, uh, whatever the whole FCS off guard. It caught everybody off guard. And, yeah, you, you said that one part of his, of his uh, statement, but there's also a part when it got personal – he said, what I, what I am experiencing now, thousands of college athletes experience on a daily basis when you're faced with such a tough decision. So he had a big decision, and he mentioned Sunday. And so this was only a couple days ago, as we know, and the decision for Nick was yesterday. We just wonder overall, because as we recall, whether it was this past Saturday or Saturday before that, I know it was on Saturday when we, when we did a pod, that Nick was on with Mike Reese, Nick Hill was, and Mike asked him, is it Stone's job to lose? And he said, he said, yeah. And then he went in a little bit on the fact that the competition still is there and it could happen. So I don't know if this was like a sudden thing. He said on Sunday, this had to have been so sudden, but I don't know if it's, you know, obviously he knew the fact that maybe he wasn't going to be the starter, but it's more like something else transpired besides just losing the job because it's been his job almost the whole time, maybe. And we talked about how, because uh, we've known all along, Noah, this whole offseason, that it's been pretty close. We know Nick's coming off injury, Nick Baker is, that to me that the reason why, because I know they wanted to go with Nick all along, there's a reason why he was ahead of him in the depth chart last year, that you know, coming off injury, we know he's been healthy for a while, that I think they've talked about maybe not with like within themselves, maybe they've had a different idea than what they displayed in the media. They're going to say how close it is this whole time. I think that was just gradually the case, the case they were putting out there, knowing that Nick was coming off injury. The more he got healthy, they weren't sure he could have had a setback of any sort. So they said that it was as close as it was knowing that it was still his, if Nick was fully healthy in the end. I mean, what do you think? Yeah. I mean, we look at it that, yeah, both of us were looking at it as what he'd done for us. We were giving him – it was his job going into camp. Well, now that camp's over, now now we see what actually has transpired. And this basically really happened last year. It was maybe going to be his job, but he didn't perform as well. And uh, this what he'd done for us, we can't say enough about what he had done for this program, what he's kept he, – he could have left before last year, and, I mean, because he didn't win the job, but – yeah, well, looking what he's done, the leadership he brought to us, the dedication, just leading us on one of the best journeys we've been on in over a decade, getting to where we were, and and not nothing against him, but he wasn't looking at the talent in our room. He may be the third or fourth talented quarterback, least talented quarterback in our room. So that's not, that's not a shot against him. That's just the way it is. But when he when and when the lights came on, this kid was a ball player. He he was a ball player, but hate to see it. But looking at it on the other side, the, you hate that he's given up here, given up on us like this. So, because uh, there, we know last year we went through three quarterbacks, so we know there's chance he would have played, like you said. But uh, yeah, now looking into it, it's Nick's job, and I don't know. Just those the wording he used, maybe and we're looking into it too much. But I think there's something on the side or something. No, you're right. He, he wouldn't be this specific if it wasn't anything else. He would just say, you know, just it didn't work in my favor. I don't think he'd be specific on him losing the job, but he would kind of hint at that a little bit. Yeah, there's no denying what he's done for us. You know, as we know, he was quarterback one a couple of years ago. He got injured and lost out. 
until to the point where he was third string and then got his opportunity again. Um, yeah, he, you're right. I mean, arguably the freshman coming in a more talented than Stone. We know he's got the it factor to him to an extent. And you're right. When the, when the lights shine bright, he's not afraid of it. He's not afraid to take hits. He's not afraid to make throws as we've seen. Uh, you know, we've just, we don't exactly know, obviously any other reason why, you know, we looked around, he's getting a lot of comments on his tweet talking about, you know, good luck to him, especially a lot of the current players and a lot of other people that correlated different reasons and I don't think we should honestly get into it. You know, we understand that uh, what was the uh, vaccination rate that Nick said he wanted the team to get to? Was it like 85%? I think it was the Valley was 85%. The Valley was. So the team was around the same thing. With it being this close to the season, outside of him losing his job, I just wonder if that has anything to do with it. If he's unwilling to do what they ask him to do. Because if you look at it in the sense that he wouldn't make this decision unless he knows. Obviously, he's not going to be the starter, but if there couldn't come to an agreement on something, he wouldn't just make the decision this close. You know, he had a couple days if he decided on Sunday to announce it today. But, you know, because we've seen him in even the Hunter Milligan to give him the scholarship. He was in that. He's been in a lot of stuff that uh, you would think that he would have a decision in mind in terms of what his future holds, you know, because obviously we're this close to the season. He, he's not going to play anywhere. He's not going to, um, you know, I, yeah, he's not going to play anywhere in this season. So it's like, is he going to sit out? Is he done with football forever? It's just all interesting. It's pretty crazy. I'm not going to lie. We do respect everything he's done for this program. We respect the leadership. He's been there. He's, he, I mean, yeah, taking us to the playoffs for the first time in over a decade is huge. And he, he had the highest completion percentage ever in a season here. And then that throw at Weber State will live forever. It really, really will. And we appreciate everything he's done. And I just mentioned before we came on here that, you know, obviously – Knowing if Stone would have stayed and accepted the backup role that, you know, the pressure was on Nick Baker anyway. We know he's talented. We know he's done it before injury. Then now it's more of a because there's an inexperience here and in the Missouri Valley behind him. And we'll get into, we were going to mention a depth chart here in a little bit now of what it looks like and who's behind him for the second quarterback that we now have a total faith and a total belief in Nick Baker that it's all on his shoulders. You know, there's a lot of pressure that he's going to be instilled with now. They chose him for a reason. Now it's Stone is out, you know, and we know he can get it done. So it makes us honestly even more excited, um, you know, for Simo and moving forward. We know he can get the job done. And, you know, he puts us in the best situation to win, wouldn't you say? We talked about this. Yeah, um, Nick Nick is that guy. Uh, as a, I mean, I we both and all the rest of Saluki Nation should trust Nick Hill's judgment on this one. He knows the quarterback position as well as anybody. It's just, I don't know, this is still just a shock to me because Stone is just so well-spoken and personal and fiery that his offensive line, the players around him, just love going to battle with him. And whatever he lacked in talent, he just he made up for, for with something else, leadership or determination. He just made up for that. And it's just, I don't know, it just – makes the QB room less crowded. That second spot is now on the line. So we got a week till SEMO. That's position battle. Oh, I guess whoever was going to be three, if they decided on it, is now going to be two. Yeah, and when we understood that Stone was done after the season, no matter what, and if he accepted the backer role, he would come in here and there. But it's almost like with him gone, if that didn't happen, Nick stayed healthy the whole season. It's like he 
it's like he left or stayed here and just in the end it's like nothing even happened that he's been gone that you know nothing that he wasn't even here so him leaving really doesn't make that big of a difference i think we'll get into yeah who is behind nick baker now we were gonna cover that that was gonna be our leading uh topic was nick being named starter but since the stone thing came out we've already discussed nick earning the job and i just think nick hill in the end just knows we have better chance to win with the more talented guy and I'm, I'm interested to see what all comes out about this truthfully if, you know, because Nick Hill will be asked about it and whether he blows another smoke screen to the media or not. Hopefully he initially tells us what happened. I mean, usually he'd probably get the okay from Stone to release it. I just We, we know it's more than just football. So it's interesting. Like I said, it's he's been, it's been his job. He's been in the race at all leading up to this Sunday, apparently. So something had to have happened. We'll look forward to seeing anything that comes out about it at some point soon. So stay posted on that for things. We will uh, keep you guys updated on that stuff on that specifically. Now, Noah, there, there's that. We know Bryson Strong will miss the first couple games, almost a half of this season. But now we figured out because we didn't know it at the time. It was out the last time we did a pod, but now it's official that we went back and listened to a, uh, an interview with Pat Poor tied in the linebacker coach with, with Mike Reese. We know we talked to Todd. He did mention it on that. He talks with Mike Reese that we have an injury, a very important injury on that front. Yeah, uh, Pat Poor, our tight end coach, had a conversation. He was Mike Reese was asking about Memphis transfer Ty Daniel and how how he fits into the offense. And they were talking about Cole Stewart and the other guys we have in that room. But uh, apparently, we did not know this. Like Bryson's injury, uh, Jacob Garrett, who played with two broken hands last year, is. Apparently went down in camp. They did not give any information. So the way they talked, he would be done for the year. So that is a big shot to our tight end slash fullback room. Yeah, and you mentioned how we didn't know. Like It's like barring – well, obviously, as soon as the thing with Bryson came out, because Nick said that to the media as well, that thing with Bryson. And then this thing with Jacob, like maybe Nick would have been asked about it and we would have known about it. And it didn't come from the head coach. It came from a tight ends coach. Like, none of us would have known if it wasn't said publicly. Like, however many people listen to those interviews or not, no one would have known. And we would just would have found out the SEMO game, that where the heck's Jacob Garrett at? Oh, he's hurt. He's on the sideline, not dressed, or he's not even here. I'm glad that we pointed this out because I'm not sure anybody else knows. Because we know how important Jacob Garrett's been over this career. You mentioned the two broken hands he's played. So we're understanding that it's got to be a lower body injury, that he's out for the season. Um, big hit. He mentioned Tice. We know Tice brings more because Pat mentioned uh, bringing guys more. He mentioned the whole depth chart, which we'll get into the depth chart here in a little bit. He mentioned a ton of guys that could fill in and that, that have done well. Um, we know, obviously, DeVries has you know, uh, made that switch. And I think Tice Daniel and Cole Stewart, I mean, Tice Daniel is going to be relied on big time. Like, I assume he came here knowing from Memphis he was going to play, but now it's even bigger reliance, especially in the pass catching and a lot of people are going to fill the shoes of having to block as well as Jacob Garrett has over the years. So that is a big hit. We're good. We got good de- or We're glad we got good depth at that position. And we wanted to mention also, Noah, the eligibility of Jacob Garrett, because we know he is an upperclassman, but how many more years does he have counting this? Because we know COVID messes up with a lot of years, but we also the still the redshirt year. Do you know anything about that? How many years he's got left? Yeah, Jacob Garrett, uh, going back to Stone, he he was listed as a junior as well. So 
he wants to take a year off and transfer elsewhere and try to play, he can. Uh, I feel like in the end, going back to Stone real quick, uh, he uh, Nick Baker's only a sophomore. He just probably, probably didn't want to wait on the injury and waiting if that happened, so he just wanted to get out of there. But what was the year sophomore? Yeah, uh, Jacob Garrett. He is a listed as a junior, so. Uh, if uh, if there's a medical redshirt, possibly he could still have two years remaining. If not, he'll have one more year here. Which we know he's the big play guy. He caught a 55-yard touchdown pass with two broken hands last year. So he was our, he's Javon's guy of the backfield. Exactly, he's reliant. So hearing the news, not only about our experienced backup, no Bryson Strong for a while, one of our leaders on our defense, leading tackler on the team, and then no Jacob Garrett, an important part of the offense. It's not exactly what we want to know going into the season, especially whenever you face. We know Simo's always tough, but when you go into Kansas State, you got to have toughness. They have better athletes than you have, so it's all about toughness in that game. So that is a blow. We're expecting the depth to be quality behind him. So hopefully – he works up to rehabbing well for after a national title season, then he's ready to go the next one. Um, there's that Noah. So yeah, those two injuries and one guy gone that leaves the roster at um, about a hundred and nine hundred hundred. I think Nick said a hundred and eleven in camp. So yeah. minus three, that's a hundred and eight. Still a lot, as we know. Only half of those will see playing time, probably. So. Um, and just quick before we get into the fan fest that we were at yesterday, Noah, there has been no camp update the first couple of days of this week, but we want to go back to a day, something that we missed on August 16th. There was a player that we kind of just learned more about that, uh, they had something on recently on August 16th. Yeah. Uh, safety Philip Powell. He is a graduate transfer from Washington state, played his first years at South Dakota, he is, I was going through doing the depth chart, and he has been added to this team. Uh, so that is another experienced guy we got on the back end, so I assume he might get a little playing time this year. Yeah, 17 through 19 at South Dakota. He had 11 picks, and he started all 11 at strong safety. We know who we have at strong safety, but obviously I'm not saying Philip Powell's going to start. He's going to hopefully see time because he is a veteran. And then uh, when we beat them by 20, that one time he played in that game two years ago. Six tackles and broke up one pass in that game. And then he ended up going to Washington State as a grad transfer last year, but didn't play in any of the Cougars' four games. Coach Hill says Powell is a six-year senior, and he's from originally from Chicago, King College Prep. So that's good to know. We did miss that on that day. So, like I said, we'll get into the depth chart soon, and we'll see him added to that. So we had to add that in there. Now, Noel, let's get into the fan fest yesterday. As we know, we, we made it to the open house for basketball. We had an idea of what that was. It was something where both coaches were men and women, men and women's coaches spoke along with having an MC and they just, you know, talked about, you know, what they went with with COVID and then also obviously their teams this upcoming season. And then Liz Jarnikin spoke as well and then we were able to go talk to everybody and stuff. There was a little bit of that only in terms of going on the field and talking to players, but there was none of that, was there? It was just, it was kind of like a kid's event. Yeah, uh, I think uh, it's not what really what, I mean, the football team was there, uh, I think mostly freshmen and a couple 
upperclassmen was there. If you went on the field, uh, a lot of the players was playing with kids. So, but I, we did see Nick Hill down there. We seen basketball coach Brian Mullins was attended with Pat Monahan, assistant coach. Uh, Connor Wheeler was there as well from the basketball coaching staff. But yeah, there was not really much going on. I know before the game, we talked uh, in the doghouse had uh, Quay Brown, James Caesar, and Hunter Milligan on. We listened to that before we went in. Yeah, not much going on. I mean, it was good to see the amount of people that came out, brought their families out. I'm sure the kids had a great time. I'm sure the players loved meeting kids, meeting the families that know that's going to show up and support the team. Yeah, and we do recall when they were advertising this on Twitter that it did say, you know, kid stuff for kids and, you know, free ice cream. So we had an idea, but we talked how it would have been great if we – um, they did kind of a basketball. They brought everybody in that was going to show up, put them in the stands, and Nick Hill was going to speak and talk about this upcoming season and what they went with with COVID. Because there weren't really all that many people there. It was an okay turnout. Probably not as much as we would have liked just in terms of the hype around the football team. But we understand it was a family event. But if they had everybody in the stands and Nick Hill spoke, maybe if Nick Baker showed up starting quarterback, some other players, we understand Jordan Burner was there. And like some veterans speaking, and then, um, you know, after talking about this upcoming season, what to expect, all this stuff that then everybody was let on the field and they did what they did. That would have been nice. That's kind of what we were expecting it to be. Yeah, you mentioned the players. We just said Jordan was there, one of the uh, veterans. And we wondered because he was really who else of a veteran? We understand the freshmen. We'll go through which freshmen were there. Um, what other veterans were there? Cole Stewart was there, Jordan. But Jordan seemed like had a reason to be there, right? Uh, yeah, I mean... From what we could tell sitting in the stands. Yeah, I think he knew somebody there. I think Cole Stewart and his, so maybe his family. He was hanging out with the same group the whole time. But other than that, uh, P.J. Jules, cornerback, he, he was there, but the rest were freshmen. So, I mean, probably all the freshmen got put out there, told them they had to go out there, but... It's kind of disappointing to me. I'd like to see some veteran players out there. I, I know some of them might have night classes, so that's ex- – and I know they had that uh, celebration alive for that woman, that, the, the, the teenage girl that – or whoever passed away. The student. The student, yeah, the student that passed away. Um, so I know they, some of them might have been there. So, yeah, it was a little disappointing, but, hey, it was a good, it was a good enough turnout for the families that came out there. We're glad to see – Glad to see the turnout. Yeah, at least people showed up. Yeah, I mean, and you're right. We did see Petrino showed up, uh, Trevor Olson. So coaches were there, obviously. And, you know, Nick showed up. Yeah, you're right. Brian Mullen showed up. And then Nick showed up, talked to a lot of people. So there was the opportunity to go on the field and talk to people. But, you know, there wasn't really anybody worth that we wanted to chit-chat with Coach Hill. But, yeah, uh, the veterans were there. But, you know, because we mentioned in the doghouse, they had Quay on there, they had Landon on there, and all the other guys you mentioned. So they were there, and then it seemed like they just left. Whether You're right, Nick might say, well, you guys go, we just had practice today or a meeting, you guys go just back. It'd be like, because they weren't going to do anything, they were just going to, you know, show their faces there. Yeah, he probably said, a freshman, you need to, you need to go to this, see what the uh, community's like, see what the fan base is like. It looks like a lot of them were having fun and a lot of stuff they were doing. We know cheerleaders were involved and uh, others as well. But, yeah, to get into what some of those said in the doghouse, there was actually a quote that James Caesar said, you can't score 
you can't win today's games on yesterday's touchdowns. A quote I've never heard before. It's really cool. They talked about what they can expect. There were high expectations deemed by one Quay Brown, wasn't there? High expectations of himself in a big way. Yeah, uh, he was talking. Uh, I'm not sure if he said it yesterday, but I know in one of his interviews, he's he, he, him and his defense is talking about shutting out teams, and he feels sorry for those teams when they get a hold of them. So that's that's uh, scary for other opponents if that's the way they feel. And, heck, if they're going to do that, I can't wait to watch this football team. Yeah, if they start shutting out, we know it's – and, you know, because you're going to have lapses on defense. So they're going to get downfield. Heck, they might kick a field goal. If you allow a field goal in the game, that's it, or all field goals, then you, you're like your chances. But, yeah, shutting people – you love the confidence. But shutting people out would mean that we're – we might as well guarantee a natty. We're not going to do that against Kansas State. It's possible, SEMO. We know they're tough. Those games are always close. He says from a confidence standpoint, they're not going to shut anybody out. They might like the lowly teams down the road, but – Definitely not that. So, yeah, overall, we were a little bit disappointed in the turnout and then also what transpired. It was just to bring your kids. We're going to come on the field kind of thing. So, yeah, I uh, would have liked to see it a lot more like how basketball was, especially with it being outside, having those opportunities. So Yeah, we did see up in the uh, boxes that they there was a bunch of people up there. Not sure if they had a – if that was like the coaching staff and their families up there, or if that's those were people that have season tickets up there or whatever, if they had a dinner or something and Coach Hill spoke up there or something, but there was a lot going on up there. Good point. So, yeah. Uh, hopefully they learned, even though obviously in a year COVID might still be here, that involved or that in general, you'll have it outside. Hopefully they'll do something different for the next season. But um, it was nice to be there, though. I'm glad we made the trip overall to see a lot of things. So yeah, uh, shout out the freshmen that showed up to see the support was uh, your boy Lewis Wilbur was there having um, a blast. He was uh, playing a little two hand touch with the kids with him and uh, PJ Jules, I believe. Uh, our three star recruit Levi McAfee was there. Um, our quarterbacks, two freshman quarterbacks, Hunter Simmons and Jacob Foss. Our offensive lineman uh, Easton Tyler was there. Um, am I forgetting anybody else? We named Cole Stewart and Jordan Burner. Oh, over uh, there with Hunter, there was a uh, young, another young tight end or a young pass catcher. Right? Oh, Receiver. Michael King. Michael King was there. Michael That's King, the and then there was another one with Hunter over there. A young pass catcher. You said young receiver. I can't think of his name. He was over there with Hunter. Dayton Mitchell. That's there the other go. one. So, yeah, a big turnout by the freshmen. Some of those freshmen might play, and we'll get in the depth chart soon. Maybe not, because freshmen, freshmen usually don't play unless you're Javon Williams. So, uh, how long has Javon been in school now? Um, he's only a sophomore, but I think it's been <laughs> four years, yeah. three years. Yeah. So, unless unless you're him, I mean, you're you're going to get looks, but whether you do it or not, he, you know, he anyway. is a fourth year sophomore along with Nick Baker. So they got here at the same time. And what a, what a class that was. Same so. with Justin Strong. Crazy class that was. What was that, 2018? And Bo Brannion. Crazy class. So, so yeah, it's good to see all those guys there. And the look at the freshmen, we're having a good time. So, that's good to see. We like to see have their comfortability and, you know, you know, along with the how many fans were there in general, but the, you know, the um, camaraderie with the fans showing that they made the right choice in coming here for making the right place. And let's hope uh, that, that our, uh, stadium fills up this season. So there's Nat. 
that, Noah, let's get into now. Um, we understand nothing along the recruiting cycle has happened in terms of a lot of interest or any obviously new commits, but some of these recruits that we have are uh, you know, revving up their high school season. We know a couple have played, and there's a couple coming up, right? Yeah, I believe uh, Ryan Shanley and his school, Cherokee High School down in there in Canton, Georgia, kicked off last week. And we know that uh, I believe Shamanad up there in St. Louis, along with uh, our boys over at Lutheran North, uh, kick off this week along with the uh, local high school schools. So we know they'll be watching. I know maybe coaches might come see some games around here this weekend or be on the recruiting trail this weekend, maybe go see some players. Yeah, all those uh, Lutheran guys are playing, right? Yeah, I believe they kick off this weekend. So there you go. And I just, speaking of Ryan Shanley, which we were getting into uh, later, he was uh, pretty uh, uh, whatever on Twitter, doing eye emojis, tagging a lot of people about uh, the Panthers when they visited recently. We're going to get to that later. Them and the Washington football team made their visits this time. Ryan Shanley quoted that with eye emojis and tagged all those coaches. So, you know, get in these recruits' heads that the NFL will look at you at these schools. That's what we want to keep doing. He's excited for all that as well. So, there's that. Uh, just an update on them. Well, as soon as you know they play those games and by our next pod, we'll give an update on how uh, those Lutheran guys did, along with uh, Jimmy. So yeah, if they make any tweets, we'll make sure to retweet that stuff. Yeah, and I don't know how often. You know, obviously they, they all have huddles, and they I don't know if they'll have it updated that quick. Obviously, maybe in the coming days of that week, but we'll watch it and just give what we think about uh, their talent. Uh, now, Noah, the big, well, outside of the big breaking news, this was a big reason why we wanted to do this. We did it in the past. We discussed it, and we will give our depth chart here, and then whenever the, by the time we come up with the next pod, next this upcoming Wednesday, that the real depth chart for the team will come out, and we will compare how accurate ours is to that, and we'll discuss that one and what we think of that. So let's get into this, Noah. Final depth chart, whatever position you would like to start. I say we start with uh, offense because this is – we'll start the quarterback position, obviously, because of the big breaking news. Yeah, we can start with the – which uh, I believe uh, I I had uh, Nick Baker just because we've said it before, the, long, the more we heard Nick Hill talk about this kid, he just – it just felt like he was glowing talking about him, how he loved calling plays for him. So we went ahead or I went ahead and put him – QB one on my board. Well, now he definitely. So he is. The job is his officially, and the only reason why we would have had whatever on Stone was because at that time, like I said, that interview with Mike, he was asked, "Is it is it Stone's job to lose?" He said yes, and we knew what he did, which it goes back to his post. It's like he expected to be the starter. He disappointed. We know they were kind of neck and neck all uh, camp. That uh, you know, he thought he just rightfully deserved it when, you know, you got to still earn that. We know Nick was ahead of him before. You got to beat out the studios ahead of you in the first place. So he probably had a feeling he was just ushered into the starting job and he wasn't he wasn't happy about it. So, um, yeah, Nick Baker, undisputed QB1 at this point. We know who's behind him. No, let's go through some of these names. I'm sure we'd agree on who's behind him, who's QB2 in case Nick Baker goes down. Yeah, my mind um... – Obviously, he took a, he was battling with Zach Zabrowski for the third spot. So I went with Florida International transfer and 6'3", 200-pound freshman Stone Norton. Um, I, I agree with that because he does have – which how much did he play at FIU? What, what not was his, much. Okay. 
So the fact that he was there, though, he has the talent to get there. Um, he's still obviously really young. He comes from an FBS program. I mean, yeah, you think he would get the looks, and we've and we've heard about, about him that he's doing well, as you mentioned, Zabrowski. So are those guys uh, two and three? Uh, yes, I put Zach Zabrowski at three. And we know he's been there, done that. He's been there for a while, and he's earned his opportunities in camp so far is what we've heard, too. And then this fourth name, Noah, we haven't heard much about him at all. It's really surprising. We know he's been in a good school. We know he was close to committing here a while back, but he hasn't turned heads because we haven't heard anything about him. Well, four for me, I'm not sure. I wasn't really sure what to go with because I'm not sure. During the reading the camp things, we didn't read his name once, did we not? No, and this name is Michael Lindauer. So uh, I'm not even sure you can put him at four because I know since we don't know about injuries, Nick Hill said they've dealt with some injuries that is it possible this kid's hurt because we we know Jacob Foss and Hunter Simmons ran with the fourth team sometimes. You're right, and from a standpoint of if he wasn't hurt, there's I just think there's no way he would be behind two true freshmen. Right. So I agree that he's, he has to be hurt because we haven't heard anything. It's just strange. Overall. But he would be four if it – yeah, and then along with, would you put Simmons ahead of Foss? Yes, Simmons over Foss. So Foss is last on the depth chart. We're not surprising. Surely actually. both those will be red shirts, I would assume. Yeah, definitely. So there's that. You know, it is a big topic of who second now will be, and we agree because we feel like he's also earned it. Stone Norton and Zach Zabrowski is on his uh, neck as well. That is correct. All right, move staying in the backfield. Uh, people might get on my neck on this one, but um, you can look at the depth charts the last couple of years. Uh, I went with Donovan Spencer as the lead back. Uh, people might be on my neck. That's all right. Uh, you look at the two years ago, you had DJ Davis as one last last spring. I know he was banged up, but Romier was number one on our depth chart. We just used Javon in so many ways. I'm like, I'm gonna have Donovan as the lead back. With Javon, Ramir, and Justin Strong all right there. I mean, you can just – you basically put them on one tier. Yeah, I agree. And I, I agree with you saying that Javon does everything. And I, 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 I do agree with uh, that depth chart right there because for that reason alone, but I think in the past, you know, DJ Davis was ahead of him because he was experienced. He was there. Javon was young, even though he was obviously great in his first couple of years. And then – I guess it was last year, was he coming off an injury as well? I mean, he was banged was, up in the spring. Yeah, so, I mean, I think there's a reason why he was, he wasn't first along then, but we know according to him, he's 110% healthy. So, I mean, I just think because obviously we know he's not a quarterback, he's not a full-blown, and he doesn't like playing quarterback, but he will, especially now, I think. But And definitely a receiver, he can do it, but I think that running back is his surefire position at this moment. I guess I will put Javon at number one just because he can go everywhere, but because that is his set-in-stone position, it seems like. that I'll go with Javon there and then Donovan. And I agree with like the ending of yours. Or you had Donovan there and then you have Romir. I, I agree. Mine is Javon, Donovan, Romir, and Justin. We, we mentioned Justin and how the coaches think he's a raw talent. He's a special talent. Sleeping on him and that, but we know Romir's a little bowling ball. They can all get it done deepest part of the um, of the offense, arguably, in terms of production that we'll see. So I agree with that outside of we'll, we'll flip-flop our uh, top two, and we'll see what it really is. Thinking about Javon, uh, I know he doesn't want to, but 
If Nick Baker gets hurt, I wonder if coaching staff would feel more comfortable putting him at quarterback. Yeah, bingo. I think with Stone leaving, I think it's surefire. He doesn't want to do it too bad. You'll you'll see it this year. So uh, behind Justin Strong on the depth chart, just to name the guys we still have, uh, Pop Jones the third. Uh, he's a he'll, I believe he's still he's a second year freshman. Uh, he likes a lot of our stuff. He's a Going to be a good player one day. I believe his parents are on there as well, like our stuff as well. So they're pretty tied with the program. Yeah, so. uh, We know he's talented. He came in. We had an idea. We knew he wasn't going to play. And it stinks for him that it's so deep now. There's a lot of guys in front of him. He'll see his time down the road. But we also have uh, Donovan Spencer right of our – or not Donovan Spencer. Tony Williams right of our backyard out of Sparta. Saw him do a little bit in camp. So we have – we have a loaded room in every room, basically, but that's another loaded. We have a four-headed monster plus two young players. Cable getting it done. We mentioned we didn't know what Tony Williams, uh, what kind of back he was, speed or power, because he used him on the goal line. We'll see. we got to see him in person to see what he's all about. But, yeah, he'll, kind of a late addition, kind of uh, could be a valuable one down the road if he waits his turn. Yeah, uh, moving on, uh, we just go to tight end. Uh, Ty Samuel and Cole Stewart are 1A, 1A, 1B for me. You can vice versa. So uh, uh, I think Cole might get the – I don't know. I just feel like Cole might get the nod. Yeah, like a that guy, yeah. Yeah, because he's more the type of a Jacob Garrett guy. So uh, kind of this offense has been knowing that we got other pass catchers too. But Tice is there to do it all. They can – Tice can line up on the line and block, but we also can move him outside if we need to to – have a matchup nightmare for a corner or a linebacker, but you uh, like Pat. Do you have, do you have Ty sort of? Do you have Tice's uh, measurables? How big is he again? Six four, two forty. Huge. So he's a huge body, just as big as the other guy. So yeah, we'll see a lot of blocking with him. He's got better hands than the other guy, than the other guys. So yeah, expecting a big role from Tice. And then after them, Pat Poor got into it in that interview. Who else is behind those? Two? Yeah, we have some. Uh, Good young players coming up on the tight end scale. Uh, Jalen DeVries, who who moved over. I really don't have any of these. Once we get this deep, I really don't have any guys in order. I just put them on there. Right. But Jalen DeVries moved over from quarterback. He's a second-year freshman. Uh, so he is out there. Uh, Pat Moore, love this kid. Aiden Quinn out of the out of Nashville area down in Tennessee. Love that kid. He talked a lot about him. Uh, John Vollmer, a, a second-year freshman, dealt with some injuries Last year, the one he had for the nickname, but uh, uh, it was John C. Sheck or C Z E C Z E C H Sech John Sheck in front of me. I'm um, assuming C Z E C H, not how you see sure. it. maybe I'm not good with names. Sorry, you bitchin'. He is a guy from Ellsworth Community College, but uh, they called him, they started with uh, Viking. But now it's uh, they call him uh, what do you call him? Forgot off the top of my head. Started with Viking. Oh, uh, Rag- Ragnar. He's a big yeah, old ginger yeah. kid. And, uh, he called him Ragnar. <laughs> he loves I it. I know Mike was cracking up when he said that. We were kind of laughing too. That's heck of an. And that means he's hard nosed. He's a he... red shirt freshman. He came here late and he got here late. He's out of Chippewa Falls, but he's in Wisconsin. A yeah. So uh, we got some. Good guy. I think, yeah, I think we're solid there. Whether we end up evolving to more pass catching or more of in the middle, we have 
we have uh, uh, down the road, we have a bright future there. As we know, we can move over our receiver group, uh, which is loaded. most ta- running back and then most talented, highest production from these guys this year. Yeah, uh, you have your main two, whichever way you put them, Avante Cox, Landon Lenore. I think they're both going to have. We talked before, when was the last time there were 2,000-yard receivers in a year? This could be the one. With Nick Baker throwing him the ball now, I would, I would, I'd put my money that we have 2,000-yard receivers. So uh, Very bold, but. But you have those two, then you have a Cincinnati transfer who has stepped up big late last year, Jerron Rollins. He's there. You have a rising star second-year freshman, Isaiah Hardship, right there, going to play some slot for us. Um, you have Deontay Cox, Avante's brother, transferred from Missouri Baptist. He also has that connection with – imagine in high school if you're Nick Baker throwing a Deontay and Avante in high school. There's a reason why they won a lot. Oh, they are up there in Rochester. It's something else up there. Uh it's crazy with Jerron because we remember at some point, you know, in the season, we we saw him late, like on the team it seemed like, and he never really played. But then he came up when it mattered most because we were like, especially when he gets this extra COVID year that he's going to take advantage of and be a pivotal part. It's just crazy how he just burst onto the scene. We didn't think he was even going to play, and he hadn't played for a long time until that point. So it's great to see what he'll do. And you mentioned hardship. We'll get to the part where he will be a big part of special teams. And, yeah, you mentioned the slot. We're going to have a lot of options for Nick. Yeah. Uh, you have uh, recently Scully Hunter Milligan. He is there fighting for a spot. Um, you have uh, moved over from the tight end room, Zach Gibson. He's a 6'4", big-bodied receiver, second-year freshman. Then you got these these uh, true freshmen, TJ Atkins out of St. Louis, Michael King out of Memphis. Uh, TJ switched to play quarterback for his team his senior year. He's coming in. He'll do. He's one of those type of guys. Michael King out of Memphis, six two, big body. Both those guys. When we got them, Nick said these guys. COVID ruined their recruiting. We are lucky to have these two. So yeah, steals, yeah. Along with uh, we have second year freshman Jason Jones out of St. Louis as well. You're high on him. He might play. Yeah, six three, big bodied guy. So. Then you have uh, Sean Larkin, a second-year freshman out of Naperville, and uh, Dayton Mitchell, a true freshman out of Platte City, Missouri. And as we mentioned, we saw a couple of those guys last night. It's We already mentioned this, but it's a perfect, perfect mesh of big and speed uh, from the veterans all the way down. So a lot at Nick's disposal this season. We had arguably, I'm pretty sure by numbers, it was one of, if not the highest-powered offense last season. And if we get everybody we're supposed to in that regard, minus a ton, minus a Jacob Garrett, that it's going to be the same again. So people be ready to be hopefully be scoring a lot of points this season. Yeah. Now um, let's move to the unless you have something else to add. Time to move on to the trenches. Yeah, I was going to say the most important part it all starts up front. So uh, we got four of the five returning starters. You got Bo Brandon at left tackle. You got the captain, the heart and soul of the team, Xavion Furcon at left guard. Um, I think uh, either uh, Calvin Francis at center, I think. Um, Chase Evans stepping in for Chimileski at the end of the year, starting the two playoff games. Second-year uh, second freshman, I believe, and Lucas Davis at right tackle. Steve Zachary, we mentioned this a couple of times. They ended the season, and we and we know Calvin can play inside. All those inside guys can kind of play that position. Yeah, Chimileski gone, as you said, and uh, – 
Yeah, uh, since that was the end of the season against in the playoffs where we almost beat South Dakota State, that's what it'll be this year. I don't see why you would fix it. And oh. we, we know Nick could roll out, so these guys will do their jobs where he can then do his job. Yeah, and like we know an offensive line coach said, I got nine guys that I feel trustworthy. It's just now my job to find the right five to go out there. The only other switch I would maybe see is Jimmy Wormsley sliding in there at center over Calvin. Right. But and that is the, that's like the sixth man, yeah, per se, of the offensive line. A veteran that we know we can count on if we need to. Yeah, but looking elsewhere, what we have on the line, you got tackles that are backing up that will be ready to play. You have Abdu Ture. He's a third-year freshman out of Marietta, Georgia. You have Jake Green, a third-year freshman as well, out of Alpharetta, Georgia. So we got the Georgia connection starting. Um, you got a uh, old John Nally out of Utica to Kentucky coming in. So big old nasty. Guy, big old nasty, 6'6". So that's what we need on this line. Um, so that is looking on the tackle side. Interior, you're going to get in like freshman – out of Fairburn, Georgia, another Georgia guy. We get those linemen from down in Georgia, out of SEC country. Raheem Rowe, uh, he is there. Um, Sam Buck, we we uh, out of Highland, he is coming out of our backyard. Uh, Chris Kowitz, he's a second-year freshman out of Rochester. So another Rochester guy. We're getting guys out of Rochester. You know, our roster is going to be in good shape. Um, yeah, usually the team to beat in the middle of the state. Uh, I thought this guy might battle for a spot this year was Trinity Valley Community College transfer Sam Newman. Big old 6'5 guy. Uh, we haven't heard much of him, but... Yeah, uh, thought he might give a shot to play this year. It's, it's a guarantee injuries will happen on the offensive line, so a lot of these guys should be ready, especially these, these maybe not these true freshmen, perhaps these true freshmen, but definitely these other guys yeah, have we, some experience. Yeah. Uh, Nathaniel Pierre, he is also here. He's a fifth-year junior. He Logan Black, a second-year freshman out of Iowa. Derek Harden, Jr., a second-year freshman out of Lawrenceville, Georgia, and those Georgia guys. Right of our backyard, Jackson Saley's is a fresh third-year freshman. So those are our guards and our centers. We have Ethan Tyler out of Fairfield, Ohio, he was active last night. He, we saw him last night, and Jimmy Wormsley is the other one. So that is our trenches on the offensive side of the ball. So that is what we have now, and obviously we have the two recruits coming in. And you mentioned the big connection to Georgia. We know Ryan Shanley's from there as well, bringing him in to keep that going. And then obviously uh, Jimmy Lansing coming in too. So we know we have the young guys here in the current, because you mentioned Chase Evans and Lucas Davis, they're young. They're going to be there, you know, buying for spots down the road as well. So it's this is honestly this this year's for Zavion. This is I had classes with him when I was there. and I graduated three years ago. He's a couple years younger than me, but he's been there. Obviously, him and Burner we'll get to join a little bit. I just mentioned that I had classes with them both. That this is this is for guys like that that have been there for a long time, and especially Zavion. We know the stuff he's been through personally, but uh, the, the leadership he brings and what he's been for this program this this season's uh, for a lot of things. But player-wise, it's for Zebion mainly, I would honestly say. So there's the offensive side. Well, as we said, we will compare this to the other one. Yeah, when we get those two deep. Out, the two deep one that will come out soon. We'll Probably the pre-SEMO game. Yeah, the, the pod next Wednesday, it'll be out before the game. We'll discuss it and compare. So now, Noah, let's flip it. To the other 11 guys, and after that, the defense. Yeah, the other guys, we got the defense. Uh, where would we start? start? Let's start in the, let's start with the, the front lines. The front line, the trenches. Uh, 
You got a uh, all-time, almost all-time leading sack leader, Anthony Knighton. He'd be on the edge. Um, I have Kevin Glacian, the Pioneer League defensive player, coming in from out there. I have him starting. I have a uh, Gianni Belazare starting up there. I know a lot of camp. He's been running with the ones, so I thought if he's running with the ones in camps, so he must be showing out. He is a second-year freshman at a. He played high school ball out in Fort what's, Wayne, uh, Indiana. What's his measurables? Because you mentioned six, six foot three oh eight. Okay, so he he could be more of a you know a nose tackle. You know whether they go by the specific positions or not. Because we know Glacian, defensive player of the year, is a defensive tackle. You know if you're being specific, you got to have a heavy guy on the nose. And then him, I know we'll we'll switch that up with the hockey says we mentioned. But I'm like I like that because Glacian's got the experience. He came here for a reason. He's going to play. And you said he's getting the first teams. Uh, him so yeah, I mean I, I don't I don't disagree with that. And then on the other side of the edge, uh, I'm going with Jordan Burner. That seems like a uh, no brainer as well. We know how great he was in the spring. He'll only continue that. We saw him last night. He's looking huge. That dude will move a lot of people this year. So I don't I don't disagree with your front four at all. Behind those guys, oh this this uh, interior this offense this second unit is just. I'm going to start with the edge, uh, Keenan Agnew, who started last year because uh, Burner moved inside, so we returned three starters on the D-line. But I have him running with the second group. See, the thing with Keenan, he used to be inside. Is it confirmed that he's – I mean, obviously you can switch because Jordan switched. Keenan is more of a I mean, edge rusher. We know we need kind of that kind of more depth. With the second line, I have him playing the edge because two guys inside are – I have Deshaun Jack Foxworth and Jawan Blake and Chip on that side. No one, no one's running on those two. But, yeah, I, I would imagine Keenan, like so he, he had a down year. Maybe he's slimmed down. Maybe he's able to play. He's at six foot two seventy four. so I think he that's an edge. He could play edge if he wanted. Yeah, that's about the same size yeah. as Jordan, I'd say, uh, weight-wise. Then uh, on the other side, I have uh, Miami, Ohio transfer, Richie Haggerty, who's had a good camp. Then behind them, we have a lot of guys. You have a lot of guys behind them. You have starting with uh, is that are you good with that second line? Yeah, we mentioned hockey subs. I mean, they they like I said, defensive line. They said they got nine or ten guys that can play as well. So I was just. I remember seeing uh, Foxworth when they were showing him when they were talking about him that one time that he was bulldozing. Uh, whatever lineman he was going up against. So when you say that second line, Jawan was more of a nose, more of a run stopper, but obviously he carried the defense on a couple, before we got hurt on a couple series. So him and Foxworth together, that's beefy as heck. Get rushed in the pass run stop on the run. I don't mind those two on the same one as well. As we mentioned, Jawan has been dealing with injury. We, we just assume. We barely heard about him because if he was healthy, we'd assume he would start. But you mentioned what's his name with the first team. So I, I know him. I just can't pronounce his name off the top of my head. Gianni Bellazzari. Bellazzari. I was one. I didn't want to butcher that. So if he's working with the first team, you assume that's what it's going to be. But we know there's been smoke screens around of who's doing what. So hopefully that stands. Yeah, getting to those the depth guys behind those guys, you have uh, Josh Brotwright, a second-year freshman out of Joliet. He will be there if needed. Uh, Devin Love, a Guy at a Monroe College, he's he's second year here, he's a third year sophomore. Um, you got the Reeves brother, Caden Reeves and Peyton Reeves out of Kansas. One's a second year freshman, one's a true freshman. 
You have a guy we learned about last podcast out of the Citadel, transfer third-year sophomore Dewey Green. You got a guy we had last year that came here and done really good for us, stepped up out of Central Missouri transfer Dante Cleveland. Um, we got UT Martin transfer Cam Bowdry. You got Tylen Driver, a fourth-year sophomore. You got a second-year freshman at at Liberty Township, Ohio, Adam Hundemere. On the D tackle side, looking at the D, the edge rushers, you got true freshman out of Brownsburg, Indiana, Manny Jackson. You got uh, Nate Thurman out of St. Louis. He's a third-year freshman. At a, then that is your line for your defense. Like yeah, we level. understood that edge rusher was kind of. Uh, uh, I'm missing somebody. Maybe not. no. I think it's with the linebackers. Never mind. Edge rusher seemed like kind of a. Uh, a position where the depth wasn't as there as others, and you, we talked about Agnew just then about potentially doing that, and we we do know that uh, Raquan Lindsey, who's came up huge, he had that great end of the game sack. He's carried series as well, so he's like the perfect backup you could ask for in that sense. Yeah, if anything, that that's kind of a, a weak link per se, but. Uh, I would say that you know we're in good hands with some of these veterans. We'll that to later. Yeah, you're right. And uh, as we mentioned before, you know, edge guys are pretty much kind of you know because you could deem outside linebackers edge like we we think that with some depth guys we had a linebacker could also do the same line up on the outside. You know, a lot of things. Some guys come to mind with that. We'll get to here shortly. So if that's all you got on that. You're right because you mentioned on the O line behind some of these guys, you know, we know kind of we'll be about 85% right on the starters. I'd say even 90 to 95% right on the starters. There could be a surprise in there, but you're right, barring, because we don't know exactly who's going to be behind who. So we'll just pretty much compare what we have starters and maybe like the second guys. When it gets to the third and fourth tiers. Yeah, I was just reading depth. Yeah, point. exactly. It's We'll just see what they have for that. But moving now to, as we mentioned, Bryson Strong out till at least the middle of October. Uh, that uh, we're missing him with the linebacker corporate looks like what? Uh, strong side linebacker will be Michael Cahoon. He is back on that strong side. Uh, Colby Coleman transferred from Bowling Green. He will slide in there for Bryson Strong, I believe. Um, then you have our, our boy Bryce Notree. He is here for his last year of eligibility again. So uh, those are your three starters. Then uh, behind them, I'm not sure, don't know much about the linebackers. I know you had from Purdue last year, transferred in uh, Tim Johns. I think he'll be on that weak side behind Bryce. Then uh, behind Mikel, I think you'll have a uh, transferred over from the offense from the stream group, caught the biggest pass of the year last year, Branson Combs. Nick Hill talked, about a, little, talked a little bit about him on uh, one of his interviews, about him talking him over to switch over to defense. Then behind them, you have a lot of young, a lot of young linebackers. You got uh, your boy Lewis Wilbert. Saw him last night out of Memphis, Tennessee, true freshman. Um, out of Birmingham, Alabama, uh, Kaneji Chandler, another true freshman. Another true freshman, Shane Roth, out of Naperville, Illinois. Um, we have JUCO transfer Zach Barola out of Riverside Community or Riverside City College. Um, then other than that, there's not much other depth. I'm forgetting somebody annoying. Honestly, linebackers, I mean, you have to be able to, you know, 
you say linebackers, like obviously they run the defense. You know, one guy has the green dot. Who do you think is going to have the green dot this year? I think it'll be Colby Coleman. Coleman because he does slide in for Bryce in the middle. Um, I think a lot of this Bryce Notre is going to have to have a huge year, especially start of the year until Bryce gets Hopefully healthy. stays healthy. Colby, Colby will be just fine. I think he'll be a quality player, obviously, coming from the college he is. He is but Notre, he was second lean tackle on the team. I think he'll have to even take it to even more of a level. We know he had good games this year. He had bad games along with the whole defense. Linebacker is arguably because they, you know, they can draw back in coverage. They can rush. They can just uh, they can stop their own. They arguably the most important side. And we'll get to uh, the, the, uh, the secondary here. Sure, that's arguably also, also. Like every single aspect of the defense is important. But linebacker, you mentioned, you just ran through the depth right there that moving forward, it's so important having these right of guys. And besides Colby, we're going to watch the – I mean, is Bryce Notre done after this year? Yes, he is. Okay, so and Bryson Strong is not. He's a fifth-year junior, so he's got two more, two more years. If he gets a – well, I don't know how medical registers work. But I think he'll have one more year after that. Uh, Matt Bernison's the one I forgot off the top of my head. He's a third-year freshman out of Sacred Heart Griffin in Springfield. That's a powerhouse up there. So it definitely is. And a lot of uh, – a lot of young depth because, you know, barring any other transfers that we can bring in, like we were with Colby and some other aspects of the defense, that these guys ought to be stepping up. By my count, there's uh, five freshmen in the backing core and two sophomores and two seniors and a junior. More bright future for that position like a lot of them. So we'll compare. We understand those three will start behind them. will be interesting to see what it will really be. Now, Noah, let's get into – the secondary, the ever-important secondary. We have two All-Americans that we can rely on, but let's start with the back end at uh, safety. Uh, this is a pretty easy one in my book. Uh, you got at strong safety. I think Clayton Bush will be strong safety, and free safety is Quay Brown. Yeah, we mentioned before about flip-flopping free and strong safety. See, like, I look at it and, like, because Quay is huge, he can do everything. He'd be more of a strong because he can be more at the line of scrimmage or he can do everything. He does all the tackling. Clayton is like more of a free safety in terms of like a center fielder type. He'll go get the He's ball. He's a hard hitter. Hard hitter, and he can go up. He's athletic enough to go, you know, get jump balls and all that stuff. Yeah, we have an idea. We haven't heard much of uh, Clayton Bush, actually. Yeah. Uh, we haven't heard much of the secondary at all. I think uh, they had a video about him, but they didn't mention him, so it'll be interesting. We're, we're fully confident those are the starting two, as, you, as you've said. We know Quay changed to the number seven. He had uh, high expectations on In the Doghouse or on these interviews recently. And, um, you know, he's got pro aspirations. He's looking at the, the Panthers coming recently, saying, well, hey, looking at the positions that they've got from our program recently that – he, he's probably the most NFL. He's obvious. I think, yeah, he's the most NFL potential guy on the team that he's got to show out this year. We know they, what they call him. Actually, they called him. Uh, they called him PBU or no, James Caesar. Sorry, we'll get to him in a second. Yeah, we know. We know Quay likes to force fumbles and stuff. He'll be relied upon to make more tackles, do that, do everything. So yeah, I just remember last year on the two deep that Quay was listed under. Free safety, so I had him there. So, yeah, but, I just uh, correlate with how you see it, like through my eyeballs. But, um, what, what else was I going to say? Getting behind them, you have uh, coming back, uh, Roger Campbell was the Northwestern transfer. 
He moved from corner to safety last year. He's back. He made a couple big plays at the beginning of the year that we didn't hear about the rest of the way. Yeah, then you have a recent – or he'll be a third-year freshman out of Western Carolina. Dorian Davis is moved in here. We'll be seeing him a lot, I think. You have him. We just talked about it and learned his name a couple, couple a week ago. Philip Powell out of Washington State. He's a grad transfer. Um, behind them, you have Joe Patterson. He's been good for a couple years for us, filling in spots. Jakari Patterson, the other Patterson, filling in spots when we need him. Um, behind them, you had he's had a great camp. Easton Wolf, he's a third-year freshman, had a big name. Then uh, guys behind them is like true freshman C.J. Parson out of Memphis, um, true freshman out of Orlando, Florida, Demontre Pryor. You have second-year freshman Dre Newman. You have second-year freshman at Indianapolis and Jeffrey Wells. So behind them – there as well. Yeah, they're more deep everywhere with 109 guys in camp. So, yeah, like we said, we're pretty confident who will start. That is pretty deep behind them, as I mentioned, Dorian Davis. Coming from uh, West Carolina as well, that uh, he will see time, along with his counterpart, uh, Donovan Spencer. That high expectation, I think Don, or Dorian's a pretty good player. Uh, either at safety or anything else in the nickel, anything. We'll be seeing Dorian Davis a lot. Um, confident or excited to see what he can do. And now I know of the position that we'll get to here shortly about uh, where the depth maybe doesn't lie as much, and that is cornerback. We know we have All-American James Caesar. High expectations for him once again. We know J.T. Thompson has left, so it's his secondary. And who will be joining him, we have an idea, will be – I would say uh, he did not play much last year. Not sure what the issue was, injury yeah. or something. Didn't hear about, about it, but I have P.J. Jules. Saw him last night playing two-hand touch with kids, so he is not hurt. So he is back, hopefully. I know he's he tweeted a lot last year during the season, but uh, I have him slotted on the other side of James Caesar. Yeah, you're right. We know he's talented, and you're also right on the fact that uh, we didn't know what was up with him. We think maybe something with COVID that he wasn't able to play or he wasn't allowed to play. Not really sure. I just remember there was the SEMO game or it was a game down the stretch that he he had a big-time pass breakup that led to a pick. I think it was the SEMO game where he had a pass breakup and Clayton Bush caught it. I think that's that game might be a different one. So we know he's talented. We know uh, he's grown a lot, I'm sure, in this little bit of time between seasons, hopefully. Uh, that's, I agree, P.J. Joel's opposites. Uh, James Season behind them. And behind them, uh, PJ's from the same school as Del Monte Pryor down in Orlando, so that's a connection we got yeah, going Florida, down there. Florida. Uh, behind them, I'm not sure what's going to have. You have uh, the three-star Le- Levi McAfee. We heard a little bit about him in camp. Had a couple picks. Had a couple picks in camp, we heard. Um, behind them, you have Navy transfer, a third-year freshman, and David Miller. I would assume he gets some action maybe. Behind them, you have fourth-year sophomore uh, Chance Bush. He's done a little bit for us. Um, but behind them, you have young guys in Jay Welch, a second-year freshman, and third-year uh, Bates. Third-year freshman, yeah, Jalen Bates. Uh, f- we know he's he's talented as well. He tweets a lot. And he's he excited. Read a little bit about him in training camp, and you have third-year freshman Savon Cameron. So not really deep here. Not sure. Young and talented. Though. Yeah, young and talented. We know our DB core is talented, so we know if we needed to, Roderick played corner at Northwestern, so he can play it for us if we need Yeah, he's like the Swiss Army knife back there. 
I think if we were to mention right now, since we've gotten through, gotten through it currently, of which true freshman we will see on either side of the ball, true freshman we will see, I will lean towards seeing Leviticus McAfee. Due to the fact the corner is, you know, not as deep, I think Leviticus McAfee will be the only, maybe not the only, but the first, maybe the only true freshman to play. If you had to pick one, who do you think? Yeah, he'd be the main one, but maybe maybe one of those receivers and Michael King, Jason Jones. Yeah, I agree. Or, yeah, Michael King, TJ Atkins, maybe one of them. But, yeah, those those guys. Those, I mean. That's a, that's a good sum to answer because that is curious. Cause like I said, true freshmen really don't play really anywhere. I know, obviously, at the higher levels they do. But here, haven't really. We know, obviously, we know the talents there, so it'll be interesting. With the death reasons for injury and COVID reasons, these guys will play. I'm sure they're telling them prepare to play. So, all 108 guys, whatever it is, will be ready to expect play. a dress Thursday night, next a week from today. Getting ready, coming out on the field right now for warmups. Be ready. Yeah, we know we always see like a group on the sideline somewhere of the jerseys on, but not playing whether they're hurt or whether they're freshmen. So I think Nick was talking about quarterbacks only travel with three. That's true, but. Does that only does that mean suit up three or does that travel with her? I think I think Todd's actually travel. two years ago, I remember speaking of those kids walking around, I remember getting ready to come in the gates and guys just walking up in Jersey, so I'm pretty sure they drove down by themselves. Good point. I think since it's down just like an hour, an hour and fifteen away. Yeah, you're right. If they got a car that's reliable, put them in the car and let's go. I mean if they want to ride with us, well we got we got room. Yeah. And it, that's interesting because, yeah, Todd said recently you can only travel with that, whether that's travel with them, yeah, or you said travel themselves. Not really sure. That's interesting. We'll keep an eye out. Honestly, we're excited to preview the game, but after which, everything that happens on the field, who potentially gets hurt, who we saw not play, who we saw in the silence, we'll go through all of that. We'll keep eyes on that. That's honestly the most exciting part. Yeah, and our- Hopefully after a win, talking about it, but. Yeah, I discussed it with you today. Uh, I'm going to bring up it now uh, on the preview and post-game show. Preview show, we're both going to select a dog of the game for the offense, defense, and who, who we think might stand out. Then we'll uh, we'll do it after the game, who actually stood out to us. Yeah, I, I definitely agree with that. That's a really good idea. Guys that will stick out, that will make the biggest impact in those games. So there's our depth chart. Like I said, yeah, we will compare to the one that comes out the next time we roll around here on Wednesday. Hopefully it'll be out by then. Surely it will be out pretty soon, especially if they're if they're announcing who the quarterback is. I think that's probably, you know, sometimes it seems surefire if a certain guy is your guy. But I think if once that's set in stone, I'm pretty sure everything else falls into place. So we'll, we'll see it soon. I want to say Nick, I heard Nick say by Monday he wants to have a 2D bout. Bingo. So to start the week, that'd be great for our sake. Talk about it on Wednesday. We'll be looking forward to that and pinpoint that, pick that apart, how close we were and all that jazz. We can expect to roll out there, start on CMO. CMO day. Now, Noah, let's get into, you know, we talked about a lot of players right then. There was a, a thing that Mike tweeted about. One out of every 11th SIE football players is from the immediate Southern Illinois area. Ten of the 110 players see who the 10 are and read more and had a thing about them. And you, when I told you about this earlier, you went ahead and tried to guess them. We have an idea most are. There's a couple of guys we had to remember. But, yes, it mentions the first one that came to mind, if you're talking about, would be Javon. No one from – he's from Centralia. Um, you know, obviously our team from Marion here in our hometown plays him. Played basketball against him. And he also played basketball as well. 
the rollout here, the ones, uh, like I said, you guessed pretty much all of them. Hunter Simmons, Jordan Jamal, Burner. Hunter Simmons said Mount Vernon and Marion, Jordan Burner, Tony Williams from Sparta, uh, Cole Stewart from Salem, playoff two points they call apparently. Uh, guard Jackson Saley's from West Frankfurt. Mm-hmm. As we know, Hunter Milligan, who received a scholarship, he talked about how he's from far away, Marion, about 20 minutes away. Tate Johnson from Heron, we know that he hasn't dressed much. He hasn't really played at all. Not sure if he ever will in his career, but he is from Heron. Jake Bumgart, another kicker on the team behind Nico. He is from Heron. Gosh, Johnson City and Heron. They have, I mean, they have pretty quality. Jake's a heck of a kicker. Football pro. We know Heron's been, you know, for the conferences that they're in, Johnson City and Heron have been pretty consistent. I don't know if consistency is the word, but obviously produce talent to be at the next level. I mean, you you have a better eye on high school football, especially around here, than I do. What do you have? Like, what do you think on Johnson City and Heron? They keep producing talent. The, They're pretty decent programs, right? The, the, sol- the smaller schools around here produce more D1 talent than the bigger schools. Yeah, Marion and Carbondale, it's, it's really surprising. Because you want to look at, I mean, you can look at it recently uh, – Carterville sent Luke Ford to Georgia. Now he's at Illinois. Uh, Johnson City has a senior. If you guys want to go check him out, his name's Austin Brown. He's committed to Wisconsin. So, I mean, what position he play? Safety. If you're safety at this level, going a high major like that, yeah, you're you're worth the price of admission. We know Luke Ford was. We watched him because he caught every ball. Nobody could tackle him. So it's interesting. Yeah, we'll keep an eye out for him this year. So yeah, they produce big time talent to keep finishing this out. We know Jordan Burner from Jordan Burner from Chester, um, hard nose from there, and then obviously yeah, Nico from Johnson City. And so you had ten from the intermediate area last did fall. Jackson, did you say Jackson's Haley's? Yes. Okay. And Sorry. then uh, it says Keenan Abed. We know he chose not to return in the fall this year. He was at a Carbondale. He never really saw time. Maybe he was a special teamer, never saw time. But uh, um, so yeah, about ten or so. It goes from year. It says. It listed 12 on its roster from immediate, immediate uh, from immediate this area in 2019, 11 in 2018, 10 in 2017, and 5 in 2016. And then it mentions Nick, Coach Hill, and in his six years at SIU's head coach, obviously he's from DeCoin. He's averaged 9.6 SIU area or Southern Illinois area players per year on the Saluki roster. That number jumps to 10.6 per year now if you throw out his first season as team's head coach. So Yeah, if you're mentioning uh... – Southern Illinois, like if you're going by zip, the 618 code, uh, you can count Bryson and his brother Justin. Bingo. Right down the street, still in the uh, state of Illinois, Fairview Heights area, going to Belleville. Then we got uh, two guys from Granite City as well, so if you count all that. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like, because that's still, I mean, that's if you count, Southern for Fairview if, Heights. If you're counting that, Salem, which is about 30, 45 away, you can count them too. Yeah, it's interesting how they're not on here. I agree with that. Uh, especially being in the South 7. You know, Belvo's in the South, and Altos in the South 7. So, yeah, they should be on here, it seems like. So, that is interesting. It's always good to know. We wish we would get more from this, but we know the quality of players. This is, I mean, Javon and Javon and uh, Jordan and Cole Stewart. I mean, this is, I mean, these are high-level Nico. I mean, these are arguably some of the most important players on the team, obviously, that we need to keep producing guys from this area. And we're thinking Hunter Simmons could be, uh, big time one day. So we're glad he's here if he decides to stay. We wanted to cover that. Uh, other little stuff around, we already mentioned uh, the NFL teams that have visited this past week. 
And uh, FCS Radio Show, uh, get into that, Noah. That's coming out recently if people want to check that out around uh, what to expect from other teams. Yeah, before we get into that, I forgot to cover special teams on the depth chart. Oh, that's, right. that's big time. We know our football, we are NFL teams, have major special teams problems. So um, cover this. Uh, obviously, our kickers is kicker is Nico. Got two behind him, second-year freshman out of Heron, Jake Bumgard, and Chase Reeves, who we got recently out of Granite City. So those, yeah. we got two kickers in waiting behind Nico, who this is his last year. Um, holder is usually Nick Baker. Not sure if he'll do that with starting quarterback now. Let me read it because it's funny because Mac Jones, when he was starter for Alabama this past year, he still held kicks. That's what he so, did in his career. It might. Whatever's comfortable. Uh, Jack Cahoon's our all-conference punter. All-conference long snapper, Dan Hillebrand, he's back. Then, obviously, punt return will be Javon, even though we don't – we're not – not, but he's the – You can you can count yeah, on Yeah, you can count on fumble, him. you know, for the most part. Yeah, you can, you can count on him. That's why we then might see him again. Kick return, uh, Avante usually back there. Isaiah Hartrick, but Donovan Spencer may play a role as well. Yeah, Hartrick and Donovan, I think, would be – Avante's too uh, poor. That's like DJ. When he got her Arkansas State – on special teams, it was like, why is he out there doing that? Avante cannot be out there doing that. So, so yeah, you're right. We cannot forget special teams is, you know, uh, confident if we're kicking a long kick or having that punting team on the other side of the field, we're pretty confident in that. Special teams, I don't know how we forgot that. It's pretty important. So Yeah, but getting into this radio show and mentioning it, it's actually going on right now. It's uh, Matt Varney's brought a, done the part of bringing it to the local 103.5 on Thursday nights from 5 to 6. It's called FCS uh, FCS Radio, I believe. It's their Twitter name. They follow us. And they just discuss all around uh, that, right? FCS Nation Radio. They're, so they're going to talk about what's going on across the uh, – Nation and FCS football. So if you're not familiar with teams, if you wonder why they're ranked ahead of us, you might find out a little bit if you want and listen to them. Yeah, and we just mentioned, this just reminded me in general, when they come out with the final one that we'll have to mention, we've talked about so many, the preseason uh, rankings from the FCS. Is that next week? Should be. Monday. I, hope, I thought it was supposed to be this week. Well, yeah, we have not seen it yet. That's the one we have been waiting for. We've seen all these other ones based off solely opinion by some people we don't agree with. Some of them, we're hoping that we talk about just one final one and that the one. So hopefully, you mentioned the depth chart. If Nick said he wants it out on Monday, and then we get the preseason rankings on Monday, Wednesday will be just as long as this one ended up being probably longer. We'll be going over Semo. Came out August eighteenth. We might have already talked about it. We are the seven. official one, like I just called their Twitter account talking about it. Yeah, well, the official one. We are seventh. I think we already talked about it. We did, but I, no, I remember talking about a seven. That's the one that the real SIU account, the main account, actually tweeted about because they were waiting for that one as well. So but this I think is that it. was the FCS stats perform. Is that what, just what they've... This is according to their website. So we are seventh ranked going into the season. Behind Sam Houston, James Madison, South Dakota State, North Dakota State, Delaware, Weber State. Anything North Dakota should be. I think that's where we agreed that's probably about right, didn't we? Is that that one? Yeah. I don't know. That's still too long. I don't care. Seven seven seems like the the floor of where you want to be. 
we'll we'll accept that. And the fact that we've been waiting on it that we actually have covered it already is kind of whatever. But it's our bad, I guess. Yeah, it's our bad. People that were waiting on it, we've been pushing it off. So there it is, seven. We'll just prove them wrong. That's all. We'll leave it there. Uh, there's that that people can keep up with the FCS uh, radio show nation. Uh, now, no, we wanted to mention this. We mentioned the tickets on the last pod about how you can get them, how much they are. And it is to our attention a couple days ago that people, everyone's invited to the SIU football pregame social. It's like a little party, little area at a restaurant at Seamont on game day from 4 to 6 at Dogwood Social House. I'm sure it's pretty close to the, uh, to the stadium. We will be sure to make an appearance there as well. Help us kick off the 2021 season and cheer on the Salukis in the annual War for the Wheel game. So if anyone want to check it out, 4 through 6 on game day at Dogwood Social House. Gonna be a lot of maroon in there. It's it's ironic that it's called Dogwood Social for us. We should get a place like that around here. Won't be no Red Hawk Social. It is Dogwood Social. So it'll be a lot of dog fans in there. We're hoping, like you said, we will try to make it to that. We'll be there pretty early. We're hoping so. We'll make an appearance there and eat before the game before we make it to the stadium. So everybody, be sure to go to that. We want to get that out there. It says masks are encouraged. So now. So that's all. We covered everything of importance for the most part and to keep people updated with where to go before the game along with the tailgating. Now, no, we received a mailbag actually today off of this Stone News. Um, pretty big one because we've already mentioned, you know, some deficiencies within the team. And we got one today after the, after the Stone News. Steve from Carmi says he is an alumni and he was curious. Based off this news, he had a question in general. Uh, about what the weakest link of this team is. And we've kind of hinted at it before. We kind of just hinted at it just then. Weakest link of the team, and he says, is a quarterback now with Stone. Their fans. With Stone gone. Weakest link could be the fans. You're right, especially the students. Because we know SA's got a lot of retired folk that do season tickets for both sports that, you know, they show out, they go. It's all about the students. Hoping because we've had decent fan sections in SEMO before, hopefully that's the case. But weakest link on the team outside of quarterback, as we know, Stone had the experience at this level that would have been nice. After him, you don't have experience at the MBFC level, but obviously talent. So outside of quarterback, Noah, would you agree that it is cornerback? We've already discussed it. Pretty young and talented. We were questioning who was going to be opposite James Caesar. We know it's hopefully going to be PJ Jules. Then I, with Leviticus McAfee after that, you have Roger Campbell. But other than that, I mean, it's probably the weakest thing, would you say? I mean, maybe in the secondary as a whole. I think maybe safety is a little more deep. What do you think? Yeah, the defense has some open spots. Maybe with Bryson going down, you could say linebacker, linebacker. now. But, uh, yeah, outside of quarterback, I would say – I would stay on that defensive side of the ball. I'd say probably corner, but – uh. Yeah, I'd say corner because we're not sure what we got there. But linebacker, too. But we know Branson's moving over, so we don't know how well he's doing on the linebacking core. We know Tim Johns and some younger guys are there. Yeah, but, but on the back end, like you said, we are really we got some depth, but it's young guys, so young guys are going to have to make some plays if they're called on. Yeah, Leviticus just keeps interest. Uh, it's interesting to me more and more the more I think about it, about him actually playing the season as a true freshman, especially the talent that he is. But, uh um, yeah, losing JT Thompson really does hurt. We mentioned losing him and Chucky 
for those reasons, we would say edge rusher before and a cornerback. Losing those two veterans stinks, and we're not sure where Chucky is. Like we said, we know he's dealing with injury. JT is at Boston College. So losing JT hurts. So that's where the depth isn't as strong anymore. That's where the weakest link lies. Yeah, so. speaking of leaving, uh, not sure many people know, but Corey Lyles is at Jackson State playing for Deion Sanders. Interesting, yeah. You, you said that the other day, and we were going to mention that. That is pretty big news, pretty notable. I mean, um, as we know, at HBCU, uh, pretty, I mean, they're in the FCS as well. I mean, I don't know how. Might see them later. Might see them later. Where did they finish? They didn't make the, uh, obviously, they didn't make the playoffs last year. What no. conference did they enter? Do you know that? Off the top of my head, I can't really think of it, but they are uh, down there. Maybe the SWAC, maybe, something like that. But, uh, yeah, they, I mean, he's bringing in four-star, five-star guys, I think. He has his two sons playing for him, I know. So they're, he's bringing in recruits down there. So he'll so look to correct. We'll, we'll have him, uh, yeah, not sure if he'll be starting or not, but he's down there having the experience. And I think Dion looks at him like, hey, you were at a pretty successful program the last couple of years. Yeah, I'll bring you in if there's interest, and you'll just be a nice depth experience piece. So, like I said, good luck to Correy. Uh, that's pretty much all we got today. We mentioned, we want to say it again, we will we will have another one on Wednesday to discuss the SEMO game. Preview will preview their squad. We will preview our depth chart and a lot of it. There could be, obviously, there will be more camp. We will fill in uh, some last days of camp before the season. We will take a deep dive, as we do with the depth charts, but definitely for the real one and what we think. And definitely, like I said, the post one after the SEMO game, hopefully after a win, there will be a lot to talk about and what happened on and off the field in terms of the sidelines, who was hurt, who didn't play, who did play. It's all interesting. We cannot wait one week away. This Stone News definitely caught us off guard for whatever reason outside of football that he would have. We respect the decision. And we wish him luck. As we mentioned, it's too late to know if he's going to play anywhere else. I assume he's just not going to play football this year. Uh, he mentioned a lot of personal stuff. So, like I said, we appreciate Stone everything he's done. He, 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 he'll live forever in the spring season that he had for this program. And uh, we, we just wish him the best. We, we understand how personable he was, how much of a leader he was. And it, and it stinks to see this. We know, like we said, a lot of players on the current team wished him luck and hated that t- to see him go. So a big team guy, and uh, we'll, we'll miss him for sure for for those reasons and obviously for his experience and what he could have brought. Because like we said, injuries will happen. So whoever the, the next guy up, can't wait to see it. So Nick Baker, we're confident in. Um, so a lot of good stuff today. Noah good work as well. Uh, one week away, as we've said, we're getting closer and closer. Yep, we'd be about 40 minutes away from kickoff right now. So excited. We'll week. just be leaving Dogwood Social to get our seats at the Coliseum style. We love going to Cape. Hopefully everybody else makes it out there as well. We'll be talking about this all again on Wednesday for Nick Malone. No lurch. See you then. Go dogs.